I wrote the Dune series because I had this idea that charismatic leaders ought to come with a warning label on their forehead, may be dangerous to your health. Frank Herbert, author of the Dune series. Ooh, and we're going to talk about a charismatic leader who uh, had a fall from grace and really damaged lots of people, not because we want to just uh, dwell in the misery or dunk on him at all, but because there's some important lessons to learn for all of us. I'm Taylor. And I'm Brian. And this is the Echo Podcast. Where we are looking for truth in the noise. Hey, Brian, how you doing? I am well. How's that rowing machine treating you? You know what? It's I, I, I dropped it, but that was because I had some sickness in the family and other things, but it's good. Do you need me to come over and sing Row, 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 your boat outside your window every Only morning? if we can do it in a round. Okay. <laughs> I'll get some other neighbors and we'll all... Oh, gosh. That'd be awful. I, I row later in the evening because of work schedule and everything. Yeah, yeah. I also hate mornings, so that's not happening. There you go. There yeah. you go. How about you? How's your how's your uh, peanut butter crunch obsession at uh... – Well, uh, I had one yesterday for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And it's great. This is – we're not good for each other. This is <laughs> – Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I saw your family uh, dressed up for Halloween. Can yes. I tell you how cute your girls are? They're Absolutely. just so adorable. Oh, they my are. Absolutely. I love seeing them. We, so. uh, for, for, our, for you, our precious listeners, uh, my family dressed up as Vikings, not the crazy kind, the villagers. Right. Because we, 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 we always thought, hey, we'll just be NPC characters for, for Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We should have had, uh, should have had, a, did you have a turkey leg? I feel like you needed to eat a turkey leg. We did not. Oh, okay. We did not. Uh, no. Did Vikings really eat turkey legs, or is that just in my imagination? They ate anything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's that's clearly not true. But, but hey, uh, so we're going to talk about a charismatic leader named Mark Driscoll. Who Mark Driscoll. has been in the news, or at least been in conversations a lot, because there's a podcast called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill that is one of the top rated podcast out there right now yep. that tells the sad story of what happened to this church. But I don't want to assume that anybody knows who they are. Do you want to just give the, the quick recap of, of sure Mars thing. Hill Church and Mark Driscoll? So Mars Hill is a church that was founded in Seattle, Washington, uh, by three gentlemen. But the one who rose to prominence very quickly was Mark Driscoll. And uh, there's some question on to why he rose to prominence so quickly. Um, but we'll leave that for a little bit later type yeah. of conversation. The church grew very quickly, exponentially. Uh, he uh, was a part of a lot of different – Mark Driscoll was a part of a lot of different organizations. But the church became a megachurch of megachurches, having dozens of campuses. It ended up creating a publishing company and a music production uh, company as well. Um, and it's hard for us to imagine a world without Mars Hill, their influence on how church does media with online content. Everyone was reading what Driscoll was putting out. Mm -hmm. I remember in college hearing about this guy and being actually given a couple of his books mm -hmm. as well. So this, it just, it exploded. And in a matter of decades became one of the largest churches in the world. And then it all came crashing down when there came questions of his character. 
uh, how he was treating people, some internal problems with finances, um, and really he kind of came really cultic um, it did. At, at the end of the line. So it if did. you haven't heard the podcast, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, it is produced by Christianity Today. I think they're up to episode – 11, Nine or 10, 11, 11. Or 12, yeah, or something like yeah. that. Anyway, but they're this is in depth journalism, so yeah, it, these are about an hour long each. Um, and they're really good, yeah. I did not want to listen to it at first because I thought it would just be depressing, yeah. <laughs> but I, I had an I, I had enough. Did I tell you? I, I was like, you got to listen to this. I think you did, and several other people did who I, I trust, yeah. and people in leadership and said, I just think every leader should listen to this. There's yep. just application for all of us. So I did, and I appreciate that they're not trying to dunk on anybody either nope. or uh, rub somebody's uh, face in the dirt. That would have turned me away quickly, but really just trying to say, here's what happened. And I think it is important for us to self-diagnose as the church sometimes, especially with some someone and a church that was so influential uh, in so many places. And so, yeah, yeah I, I've been... Uh, astonished and just amazed in a, in all the sad ways <laughs> right uh, he- hearing hearing the stories his abuses, yeah yeah hearing the stories i'm kind of taken aback like yeah. how can you say you're a this sounds really bad how can you say you're a christian and a minister but these are the methods and the means by which you're treating your congregation and your leadership it it raises a lot of questions, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I appreciate that the podcast, it repeatedly says that people were willing to overlook um, character defects mm-hmm. because of, quote, the good work, yeah. end quote, that they were doing. Yeah. That thousands of people were coming to Christ a year. Yeah. Thousands were being baptized. And that's kind of what we want to see as a church. We want people to hear the gospel. We want yeah. them to get involved. But then he's cussing out his administration. Yeah, the story that I remember that just jumped out at me was he hires a woman, pulls her out of her career path to work for the church, and she just gives everything to the church in all of these long hours. Um, But then at one point, she raises kind of just a yellow caution flag about one of the ideas that he has. Yep. I think it was that she was like, um, he needs more guys that will say no or help better form him. Yep. And, kind of, kind of yeah. And she, yeah, she was asked what's the best thing and worst thing about working for him. And just in a casual conversation with some people yep. and she shared and she didn't say it in a mean, bad nope. way. She just said, I think this would be healthy for the church. And then the next day she gets called into his office and belittled, rebuked and fired. Yeah. And then called out publicly the uh, following Sunday in yeah. front of everyone and made to look like this villain. That's how quickly he could turn on people. Right. And it is just breathtakingly terrible. It is. As somebody who loves multimedia, it was fascinating listening to all the media people who were working for him, who were running the websites, getting the blogs up, doing the videos, and hearing just how meticulous he was and how aware of branding, Mm -hmm. Um, which in today's world, yes, a, a minister understanding branding, marketing. That's not in and of itself a bad thing, mm-hmm. but he was branding himself, yeah, not the gospel, not the right. church. So it's it's interesting to see all the things that he does well, yeah, the wrong way. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes. Like like he knew what he was doing, and there are certain skills as a minister. I look at Driscoll and I go, wow, that's incredible. He was able to cultivate that mm-hmm. and produce that and bring those type of people yeah. together. 
and then at the same time go how how do you treat them like this how do you go so wrong in certain areas yeah um but like you said the podcast does a really good job of of this kind of balanced approach of yeah. saying no one's getting thrown under the bus nobody we're, we're not saying here's the villain what we're doing is let's assess this let's let's see how not only he created himself, but the church created him, and then us who were looking on, how we may have actually helped this, and and yeah. everyone kind of do a bit of self-reflection. I, I, yeah. I really like that. Yeah, and so uh, we thought, since there's been so much conversation about this, let's, let's pull out three principles that we can learn from this sad story. And so number one is every leader has the capability to become abusive. Every single leader. I had a mentor that would say, um, you know, I could fall morally, but I can't do it today because I have all these guardrails in place that mm. it would be very difficult for me to do it today. Now, tomorrow or the next day or the next day, I could start progressing towards that. But uh, he just preached guardrails, guardrails, guardrails like so that, that you have a system in place that makes it at least very difficult for you yeah. to have some abusive type of behavior. But one of the lines I've heard is um, – his character could not keep up with his charisma or his character could not keep up with his platform or responsibility. Mm. And that anytime a leader has a bigger platform and it outgrows their personal character, yeah, then you're set up for a big failure. Absolutely. I, I think one of the most important lessons that we can learn as Christians is that um, people, we don't use them. Mm. We, we use tools. We use objects. Mm. We use things. And people aren't things. They're beings made in the image of God. And the idea that, you know, I, I think it was like in the movie Wall Street with Michael Douglas, the whole idea that people are just rungs on the ladder that you got to overcome or step on to get to the top, that mentality should be nowhere in, in the Christian's mind yeah. at all, uh, most of all in the church yeah. where people are like, oh, I got to get to that top position of the, the coveted senior pastor role. I'm going to do A, B, and C, and I don't care who gets in my way. Mm-hmm. P- people are not things that we use. They're, they're our neighbors that we enjoy. Yeah, in the interviews with people on staff there or volunteering, just person after person after person just would lament that they came to a point where they realized they don't care about me at all. Yeah. Like, I'm just here to, uh, to move the institution forward, and that as soon as I let them down, I'm out. And so uh, that was that was very much the case. And but it can there were some dramatic times of this, like when they went overseas to film this shot where uh, it was uh, for the Revelation book when they were doing the seven churches, which I remember watching that sermon series online and and reading the notes because I I actually really liked a lot of the theology that was there. college impressionable student, you know, sure. And my world's already in chaos because I'm in college and I'm being confronted with all of these things. Yeah. not not sheltered from, but then I remember watching these and going, oh my gosh, that is so cool that a pastor would go to that location. Yeah. I was inspired by the spectacle. But behind the scenes, oh, he man. was staying at a resort and then dropping everybody off. At a hostel? Yeah, at a oh. tiny little place yep. where they were doing all the work, staying up all night. And then they would meet him in the morning, uh, having worked on the script all night, and he walking in totally unprepared. Yep saying, give me my lines. <laughs> and uh, and so that was kind of towards the end when things were really unraveling. Yeah. But that's a dramatic case. But we can do that. I can do that anytime I begin. In fact, I've talked to our staff about this during the pandemic where every church was in a volunteer crunch. 
and so one of the things we talked about was while you know we need volunteers because we've lost volunteers during this thing yeah we do not just use people and so if people we we care for them as people primarily if they volunteer great if they don't we won't do that program okay right but we can't use people uh, even in just how we recruit volunteers we have to think about that yeah that's i think that's a lesson that every leader needs to learn is that you don't make people do what you want them to do. Yeah, but the, every leader has the capability to become a, abusive. And so I need to realize that's true for me and you and every single person. And that should just bring us to humility. So number two, the second principle that we've learned from this is every leadership has the responsibility to honor God above institution. Mm. Can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah, so... That an institution would be a church or a university or a nonprof. And sometimes we begin to work for that institution and think that it, the most important thing is to keep the institution moving forward, even if we have to overlook some bad doctrine or some bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about some of the awful sex abuse scandals, yeah. uh, Penn State, U.S. Gymnastics, uh, Willow Creek Church, you had leaderships that were overlooking sinful behavior because they were so committed to the institution and they were afraid the institution would get dragged down if this sin came out publicly or this abuse came out publicly. Right. So they covered it up and they, you know, they they really stepped on the victims of abuse all for the supposed good. Yeah. <laughs> and of course it wasn't for the good, but that's the lie we begin to believe. The whole idea that the ends justify the means and yet for Christians, no, 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 the means point us to the type of end we're going to go yeah, to. Yeah, yes. How we do things is just as important as where we're going. Yes, yes. And so uh, there's a story in the Old Testament where David is guilty of adultery and even uh, a hand in murder. Yeah. Um, and so Nathan, the prophet, comes and confronts him. And we don't have time to unpack all of that story other than to say, I'm sure there was a whisper somewhere in Nathan's mind of like, man, this could wreck the whole kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this could bring down Israel if I confront the king in this. But what does Nathan do? He does the right thing. Yep. He confronts David. And actually, we see it works out well. But that's not the point. The point is he does the right thing. Yep. Uh, which leads to repentance and a good thing. We see Paul confronting Peter in Galatians uh, chapter 2. And again, that could have wrecked all kinds of things, but we do the right thing. And that's what the leadership needs to do in any situation is the right thing to lift character high and not excuse bad behavior for the sake of winning Mm. for your institution. And for, for a lot of churches, winning looks like increased number, increased giving, increased salvations, which there is some truth that you can say, well, sure, we can measure effectiveness if we are spreading the gospel, if we are doing appropriate discipleship, then yes, we we should see something increasing and something changing. But to say that that's all that matters, numbers, Mm -hmm. that's that's the danger. Um, I think it was even um, uh, Driscoll. Uh, I can't remember when it was, but somebody said, hey, you need to like submit yourself to an authority figure. I think it might have been like Piper or Keller, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Driscoll's response was, no, I, I can't submit myself to them. My church is larger than theirs. Yes, I remember that. And I, I, just, I remember hearing that and hitting pause on the podcast and going, what? <laughs> How, I, wow. But, but then taking a moment and going, 
okay, have I done that? Have I done things like that? And that and that's I, I want to ask you, have you had moments where you've just kind of gone while listening to the podcast where you've just kind of become a little bit more self-reflective going, yeah. have I done this? Yes. Am I doing this? Yes. I, that, that's been hard. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of, and even reflecting on past ministry things going, oh man, I messed up. Mm-hmm. That has been, that's, it's been very sobering. Yeah. Um, but in a really, really good way yeah. of go- we're fallible. There's no, yep. There's no illusion that we're better than Mark, yeah. and and hopefully that's not coming across in this conversation. Um, but we've both been humbled, and we have mm-hmm. people who love us and surround us and guide us, um, mentoring us, and that we're submissive to and, and amenable to. But like you said, there's always that chance that we we could go too far. Yeah. And yeah. listening to this podcast has just been this balm. It's both comforting and convicting, yeah. like a good sermon, yeah. you know, yeah. kind of a thing. Yep. And so every leadership, uh, elders, uh, a board of trustees for a nonprof, um, boy, boy, everyone has has responsibility to honor God above institution. That's yeah. number two. Number three is every member has some, keyword, some responsibility to mold a healthy church. And I say this because I want to be very gentle with the people at Mars Hill whose lives, many lives were changed and marriages restored and good work happened. Yeah. And I, I once heard Erwin McManus speaking to the people of Willow Creek Church after their preacher had fallen and yeah. been, it had been revealed that he had been abusive and and you know the, the people just feeling beat up, I'm sure. They show up and they're listening to somebody, but he just talked about looking around, seeing heads down and seeing just this kind of corporate shame. Mm. But what he said was, it's never your fault that you trusted your leader. And I mm. really appreciate that pastoral moment that he shared with them. Yeah. Um, so, so that's why I say the word some, because it's not the fault of the church member that Mark Driscoll went off the rails. Right. It's not, it's, and it's not your fault if the leader that you've trusted goes off the rails. But at the same time, we all have some responsibility to be praying for church leaders and to be molding a healthy culture at the church. And so while it's not your fault that somebody lets you down, uh, we, we can still say gently that we all have some responsibility to be part of this thing yeah. and to mold a healthy church culture. Definitely. I, I think I, I, I like what the podcast does is that it kind of divides up, quote, the responsibility yeah. into four sections. One, there is the leader. That is Mark. Two, it is the board. It is the other mm-hmm. people in there. Three, it's the congregation. And yeah. then four, it's the rest of us. Yeah. And we are all four of these different groups. We are all responsible yeah. for what happened. Not to some, you know, to some degrees more than others, obviously. Mm-hmm. But there is that kind of, there is that bit of, huh, by purchasing his book, by by adding to that listen number yeah. on, on the podcast, by, yeah. by, by, I love the music. Oh my goodness, the Mars Hill music yeah, yeah. was just so, so good. Did I help contribute to that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but, it, but again, I, I did not know. Yep. And I can only act on what I do know. And if I don't know that things are going on behind the scenes, I can only act on that. Yeah. And I think one thing that members need to take responsibility in is that their church is communicating good theology. Mm. And every member has a responsibility to be themselves personally studying God's word so they can help their church stay true to God's word. And there there were places where Driscoll 
went off the rails theologically. One of the first big red flags I had with him was he wrote an article that said Noah was not a righteous man. And that struck me because the Bible says Noah was a righteous man. <laughs> and I thought, man, you are pretty arrogant if you throw the word not, not into whatever verse you want to. But that kind of fit his his reformed ideals in such a way that he didn't want to have any nuance yeah. to it. And so he actually wrote this whole article that just it, it was maddening to me because it just did not honor Scripture. Yeah. And, I, and I get it. Like Noah's works did not save him. That's not what. That's not the case that Genesis is trying to make. But Genesis is clearly saying there was all these evil people, and yet Noah was righteous. And so we don't need to throw the word "not" in front of that. Right. And if if the key leaders in our lives are saying stuff like that, that's opposite of what Scripture says, then it is our responsibility to call attention to that. We may not get anywhere, but it's our attention to, to you know to, to say, hey, there's a there's some red flags here going up. Definitely, and and I and I think Paul makes that really really clear when he studied to show yourself approved. Um, I think it was um, uh, I think it was Charles Spurgeon actually. So hey, there's a reformed guy who yeah. maybe Driscoll should have read a little bit yeah. more of when he said um, the the wise and prudent man has the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that, right? Yep. Like like there's this kind of okay, this is really good. We're able to see how things are going. Um, but then Paul calling out those people who he's writing to, he's like, research what I'm saying. Talk to the other people. Do your homework. Don't take it blindly on what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Do 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 your stuff. I, I I would imagine there's nothing more encouraging than uh, a congregational member who knows what the pastor's talking about mm-hmm. to some degree. Not saying that they know more than the pastor, but that they they know what he's or she is saying. That they're tracking with it, and they can say, okay, they're right in their theology. Doesn't mean that they're there's not the slight disagreement. Doesn't mean that there aren't little nuanced things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the big broad strokes, we're we're in agreement with. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and so each member needs to have and exercise the discernment to when when they, you know, offer a word of caution that it, you know, they don't call a meeting with the elders and say, you know, uh, the temperature's too cold in the in the worship center, <laughs> you know. But instead, that if you're gonna play that card, it better be. Man, there's a significant theological issue or a huge ministry overlook right now. Um, and then the New Testament model of leadership takes away some of the potential pitfalls that we've just outlined. Mm-hmm. And I love the New Testament model, but uh, humans are still at play. So there's always po- potential problems. But the New Testament model is elders, and it's always plural. Yeah. And when Paul writes to the elders, it's always pl- plural. There's the idea of a group of people, not just one person leading the church and that is a guardrail in and of itself and one of the things we saw at mars hill is one person had power over the whole thing and could get rid of elders if he wanted to and that's just really unhealthy and it really is against the model of how the new testament uh, defines a healthy church so let's echo this back how can we help our churches be healthy number one every leader has the capability to become abusive Number two, every leadership has the responsibility to honor God above the institution. And number three, every member has some responsibility to mold a healthy culture. Just like Mark Driscoll, we all have the potential to be great leaders, and we also have the potential to be harmful leaders in the kingdom of God. Yeah, and can I close with the word that whether it's the leader or the leadership or the members, 
there is always the potential for redemption. Yes. And that is the beauty of God. We think about David. He fell as hard as you can fall, and yet God redeemed him uh, in, in beautiful ways. And so don't hear this podcast and think that any of the characters we've talked about are beyond redemption. Not at all. We all are, and so we're thankful for that. And hey, if you have a church leader in your life that you think this talk might be helpful and an encouragement to them, please pass that along to them. Uh, let a, Leave a review on uh, Apple iTunes or wherever you uh, listen to your podcast, and, and reach out to us if you've got something you would like us to talk about. You can find our page at brianjenningsblog.com under Echo Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. And next week, we're going to talk about Adele. 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 I've been binging her music again. Hello. <laughs> I'm done. Sorry. That was, that, that's. I wish you guys could have seen that. It was dramatic. <laughs> it was very dramatic. So, I'm, I'm Taylor. I'm Brian. And this is the Echo Podcast. Where we are looking for truth in the noise. <laughs>